welcome back to Play Games and Lose Friends. It's Sunday, September 25th, 2022. I am Ryan, back here with Ken, as always. And we got to talk to somebody else, Ken, for this episode. We've been doing a lot of interviews lately. This has been pretty cool. Yeah, we're making lots of friends. Lots of friends. Yeah, lots of uh, friends you want to have because they make board games. And this (laughs) just so happens to be a board game podcast. So that works out. What a coincidence. We got to talk with... uh, yeah, right? <laughs> Who'd have thought? We got to talk with Adrian Adamescu, uh, I would say most widely known for Sagrada, uh, one of the recent Kickstarters that came up with Sagrada Artisans. And we figured, hey, Sagrada's getting back in the public eye. Let's let's get Adrian on. We've both spent a lot of time playing Sagrada over the last couple of years. I know in my household, it was a hit for a while. I know it's also one of your wife's favorite games. Yeah, her f- all-time favorite. Um so it was uh, super exciting to reach out and, and get this interview going. Um, he's a uh, sort of a he's he's fifty percent of this this board game design duo, um, and the, all Mr. the games Darryl that Andrews Daryl Andrews is the other yes, half is the other half, and um, and he talks about that, which is kind of cool how that all came about, but. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I went back and looked at some of my collection uh, and some of his older games that I've played, and both him and Daryl are on it. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, I look too. You know, just uh, you know, obviously one of the games that we talk about when we that I played recently has both both names are on it. So it's just super cool um, just to get to meet these people and dive a little deeper into you know how they you know how they how they got into the hobby. Well, well, not really hobby. It's their jobs, right? So. How, how they chose yeah. these career paths, um, you know, and just, I don't know. I find it fascinating. So I'm, I hope everyone else enjoys it as well. Yeah. So we'll bring that interview up in a little while to chat with Adrian. We're also going to review Sagrada. So like I mentioned, that's been out for many years now. We both own it and played a ton of games. So yeah. I think we're qualified to give it a score. Absolutely. We'll see. Uh, but before we get started with all of that fun, how about some uh, some shout outs for you there, buddy? Okay, so, um, you know, if if you're new to, to, well, I I, uh, I'll start with our 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 brethren in the Drunken Disorder podcast. Um, They uh, just got back from a tournament, which they took down, got robes, got a trophy. So I just cannot wait to hear that podcast where they talk about this. A bunch of nerd Rockies with the robes. Yes. Um, So Drunken Disordered. Is the name of their podcast. They are a Kings of War podcast. Um, I think I even screwed up last podcast about the, their tournament coming up in the first weekend of November. I believe it's near Hershey. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, not Lan- Lancaster or Lansdale or Lansford or one of the lands that I picked. Um, they're all wrong because it's the land of chocolate out in Hershey. Um, so if you're interested, uh, you can find all their information on, uh, the Nerdhammer social media channels or the Drunken Disorder channels, um, wherever you get your podcasts. Because uh, I believe they were releasing, they released master's numbers for next year already. And we've got like four out of the top 10 already that qualified. It's crazy. So, um, yeah. So these guys definitely know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. Um, if you play, if you've played any war games in the past, tabletop war games, and you're looking for something new, maybe Kings of War is your style, maybe or something that you'll get into. So, definitely worth checking out. Drunk and Disordered, a Kings of War podcast. 
Yes. Excellent podcast. Good group of guys. Congratulations on the team victory at Crossroads. And hopefully there's more to come this year and next year, especially Masters. Yeah. So you uh you got a little a little package in the mail today that you were not otherwise expecting. Would you care to share with our audience what uh, what happened? Yeah, so um anytime you know FedEx or UPS or or those unmarked Amazon vans show up at the house uh it's it's a it's a monumental event cuz you never know what's going to show up at our house uh between all the kickstarters that are fulfilling um, between my wife purchasing different things for people and herself and, and us buying stuff for our kids. So you never know what's going to happen. And, uh, I don't know. What was it about? One thirty today, one thirty in the afternoon. Yep. Um, FedEx pulls up and they drop off two packages. Now, one of them was, they, they, they were both for me. Uh, and one of them I knew right away based on the box what it was. And then, but there was a, a, a mysterious package from the op or USA Opoly. And I was like, oh, well, you know, again, maybe I, one of the Kickstarters, they're somehow affiliated. You know, there's all kinds of weird companies fulfilling for other companies now. Uh, with USA Opoly is a, is a publisher, correct? Yes. USA Opoly, USA Opoly or the op as they're called, um, is again, they're famous mainly, obviously the Opoly part for the, um, you know, the various, uh, Monopoly versions, they do a lot of puzzles, they do a lot of IP based stuff. Um, but, um, they've also been, um, instrumental in bringing, you know, a lot of the Funko stuff and, 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 um, uh, so it's, it was Marvel products and some Marvel products. Yes. So, um, so I was, I, I opened it up and I was like, I was like, I didn't buy this. Did I act? Did I accidentally drunk buy all this stuff? Because <laughs> like, it's possible. I, yeah, I mean, it's possible. I do have you know a touch of insomnia every once in a while, and I'm up, you know, searching the interwebs for board game stuff, and and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't buy this. I didn't back this. Uh, and to my surprise, uh, on the invoice or the packing slip was a. Uh, was a present for the Play Games Loose Friends podcast. Uh, so the op or USAopoly and in partnership with Roxley Games sent us the base game for Marvel Dice Thrones and the two, uh, one-off two-player expansions. I believe it's Doctor Strange and Black Widow and, um, Captain Marvel and somebody else. So the two standalone two player versions as well. So eight characters in total. Um, so I sent them and we, you know, we sent them a nice note. Nice. Thank you. Um, so thank you again for sending these. We'll, uh, we'll get them played and we'll talk about them. So it's super cool. We're super excited. Ladies and gentlemen, we've made it. <laughs> we got something unsolicited. That is really cool, though. Uh, if, if anybody from Roxley or USopoly listens, thank you very much. Uh, it will not go uh, unappreciated or unplayed, as it were. We will definitely be getting games to that end to give it a review. I love Dice Throne, as everyone who listens to this knows. Uh, I've played through the entirety of Dice Throne Adventures. I've played tournaments for Dice Throne. It's just such a fun game. And I didn't really do the Marvel stuff because I'm not a big Marvel person, but 
there's no part of me that doesn't want to play it. So very excited to get this to the table and try it out. Uh, I want to beat the hell out of you with Thor. So <laughs> I'm excited to do that. Yeah, he uh, looks good. His character looks really cool. Um, yeah, and, and Manny Tremblay's art again in this game, like the dude just nails it. Like I, I love his style and, uh, you know, I think what was Paradox Initiative we backed and, and yes. we got to the part where we had to pick uh, player mats and – he was an entry in the artist there, and I, I was like, ah. And I wanted to get there's so many other cool ones, and I didn't get it, but you did. Yep. So sorry, Manny. I'm sorry. I, I still love you. Trust me. Yeah, and, and I'm just so happy that they allowed him to – the freedom to do the Manny Tremblay style. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to so just cool. like, you know, here, take these pictures or, you know, take these already done illustrations and put them in your game. Um, yep. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, they they managed to marvelize Dice Throne while still keeping it Dice Throne, and I think that's key for people who like that game to have that continuation of style that they're used to. I, I really do. So that was a welcome gift. Thank you yes, uh, thank again you to Roxley much. and and USOPLE. Yeah, we're excited to get that to the table, and we'll have to do a, a Marvel Dice Throne review too, and and pimp that yeah. as much as possible. Yeah, uh, then, uh, we can even do it in character order. You know, who we like from the, you know, best to least. We got a lot of dice thrown to play. Yeah. And you hate dice games, so this is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, but I love Marvel, so. Well, that's just why you didn't play war games. There's a lot of dice. A lot of dice. Uh, let's, let's hop into Played since okay. the last time we met. We had a board game night. Yeah. How about we, uh, we jump into the first one I want to talk about, though, which is uh, we've been getting some games over lunch break sometimes and – Dominion finally hit the table. I have never played Dominion. This is a, a ah, dirty gamer secret that, that I own old classic. 100 games and I don't have Dominion. Uh, it's been on my list to buy forever. I just never got it. I don't know why. So you brought it in. We played. I immediately fell in love with it immediately <laughs> to the point where I'm like you, where I have stuff queued up in mini markets, shopping cart, and I'm like, don't do it. Get your finger off that phone. And I still haven't bought it. So I'm holding strong, but man, I want to buy it. And all the expansions, there's just so much content for that game. But yeah. even the base box was just there's a so lot much in fun. the base. There's a lot in the base yeah, for what it is. It's crazy. Um, and then I think there's 13 expansions for Dominion. That's ridiculous. And I think they're still making more, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because they're just in. Because what they're doing is they're re-releasing them all in that second edition style. So, like, not only are they putting out new new content, but then they're putting out new content in the second edition. So it's both. Um, and, and I bought I bought Dominion on clearance uh, about five years ago. I, I played it about ten years ago, twelve years ago, something like that. And I immediately fell in love with it, just like Ryan, you know, was was talking about his so good uh, level of smit with it, and uh, and and I've I never owned it as well because I was also afraid to get into it, and then I end up buying all the expansions because I know yeah. who I am as a person. <laughs> so a real concern when a yeah. game has thirteen expansions, <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, but I found it on clearance for $19. Now, it's not the second edition. I, I'm actually happy. I like the old school, uh, original Dominion. Um, you know, as I talked about last podcast, Libertalia. I love the old Libertalia style. Um, but I've not purchased an expansion. I've not purchased a promo for it. And as Ryan mentioned, we just cracked it open the other, the other week. 
Um, cause I, I wanted people to experience it cause it is the, um, as everyone knows, Dominion is the grandfather or, or first, uh, deck builder that really paved the way for, uh, any game that uses deck building or is centered around a deck building mechanic. So yeah, that's, I mean, Dominion is still fantastic in its, in its simple, simplistic form. Um, yeah, now, it's, now, it's great. Now, Ryan, I know we you, picked it up so quick. Yeah. It's a, again, it's an easy teach. It's a very easy teach. Uh, simple to table. Um, now playing it, you know, and I know we didn't get a lot of game in, in yet and we're going to keep playing it, but, um, do you see all of the concepts and all of the aspects of some of the games that we love and we've been playing for years? Where yeah. like their mechanics and their uh, sort of sort of uh, template have have come from, you know. Yeah, when I mean, you, when I, you play Dominion, it's it's the seed that was planted that grew all deck builders after it. Like you, you know, playing Clank. I'm so familiar with Clank and the Clank Legacy and, and others. Like it's just a hundred percent all the same DNA, and it's just so easy to pick up. It's got you know, I played we played that first game, and I I didn't do well mainly because I was just kind of preoccupied with learning yeah. it. But like, as soon as that game was over, I was like, all right, I see like six combos that I know <laughs> I need to get early next time yeah. to have a shot. And it's just one of those games that you finish it and you're like, shit, re-rack it. Like right now I need to play again <laughs> because I did not do well and I want to do better. And it's so fast and so smooth that it's easy to get that across. It's just, it's fantastic. So I am really looking forward to more plays of Dominion. I'm glad you enjoy it. I've always loved I it. I did. So uh, we had a game night, too. So we've gotten plenty of games together lately. And we got two games in. Uh, we got a rematch of Isle of Cats, uh, which I'm sad to say that Ken won again. And then uh, what was yeah. it? Well, we got some Red Rising in. So, yes. Uh, our buddy Joe, it was his night to pick, and he picked two winners. You want to talk a little bit about your 2-0 and status in Isle of Cats, you, you <laughs> son of a son of a cat? I don't know, man. I just, there's something about that game that I just, uh, it resonates with me. I, I can see it. Now, granted, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know how close it was going to be. Cause I think there was someone that came close to scoring. Um, uh, that, but, but again, you don't, you, you are playing your own game, you know, and you yeah. don't, you don't, you don't necessarily pay attention too much. Maybe a little There's bit. There's a lot of, of solitaire. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of kitty hate draft. Maybe. <laughs> um, but, um, but, but it's a, you know, you're, you're, you have your ship, you've got your strategies, you, 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 you get a, a hand of cards. You're trying to, you know, uh, piece this get together. What, what's going to make you, you know, sort of score the best. You know, with your lesson cards and, um, trying to cover mice and cover aspects of the ship. And, um, you know, maybe should you go with a public card as opposed to a private card? Uh, are these action cards going to help you? So there's a lot of good, good decisions round to round. Um, but you can see sometimes like a, a lesson card, you know, you passed like the perimeter one or the edge one. Yeah. Um, I knew Joe took that just based on how he was laying his cats. And I'm like, okay, that's, a, that was pretty heavy to, to dedicate to that right off the, like that was like round one or round two. Um, 
But, uh, yeah, I've learned from playing that it's better to just play to optimize fish income and color scoring and then just let the other like private and public lessons somehow fortuitously fall to you. And you're like, okay, I could probably make this work. Like if you go that, that strategy early, you lose. And that's what I've done the last two games. I just don't see it working. It's like, you have to focus on color early and then make the rest work later on. And it is possible. Um, it's just tough. It's tough to do that, that lesson stuff early and actually come out ahead. Yeah. I, um, but again, I, I love the game. I think the game is so solid. Um, I can't wait to keep, I don't know, maybe it's a pack pickup as the, uh, expansions or should I wait for another Kickstarter and just go all in on all the stuff I didn't get? I, I'm so tempted just to pull the trigger on it, but uh, yeah, I just want good. more, but I feel there's so much still in the base. That's really good. Like oh, I didn't yeah. get a, I didn't get an Oshax the whole game. You and Joe just monopolized the Oshax. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like and to do it Free like a natural nice. boat, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough to balance everything. And that's one of the things I think is legitimately good about the design of that game. So I think we had a good time and I know for sure that everybody enjoys playing it. Like it's not one of those games where we put it on the table. One person's like, eh, like I could play that pretty regularly. It's, it's a good game. Yeah, it's just solid. Absolutely. Um, the other one we got in was Red Rising and you've had this for a while. You got the, I think the deluxe edition, yep. I have the regular. So we just played my copy. Um, pretty much, you know, just fantasy realms with some additional stuff tacked on. Um, but what I love about that game is I, I've read the, uh, all the books in the series to this point, And I absolutely love the book series. <laughs> like it's one of the best series I've ever read. And playing that game and getting the character cards or seeing the character cards and how they interrelate for scoring and plus their abilities makes that game so much more rewarding for some reason. I think just because the fiction ties into the gameplay. And they, I never could comment on this before because I hadn't read the whole series. But they really did a good job at weaving the two things together into a, like a finished product. Like I, I give it to uh, Jamie Stegmeier and the crew at, at Stonemeyer Games. They did a good job weaving it together. It's pretty darn cool. The game itself is fun to begin with. I, you know, Fantasy Realms is a great game, and this is you know more of the same with just some additional scoring mechanics on top of it. It's just I was always so impressed by the game, let alone adding the fiction on top, makes it much more fun for me now. I'm just so surprised that there was that many characters in that book, in those books. Like, oh yeah, and like how they're all unique, and then how they're all unique in the game. Like it's. It's impressive. Like, yeah, that breadth it's, it's of hard. character and character development. And then to somehow, you know, from a game design standpoint, pair things up and balance like that. Like, I, yeah, I'm not really sure how they did that. Like, that it had math, to take a while. That math hurts. <laughs> it had to math, take a while. Like, yeah, like just yeah. the my brain just starts to ooze out of my ear thinking about that. You know? Yeah. So that, that was a, another Joe pick and I'm glad he did. Cause I think we, we generally enjoy playing that game too. It's always a pretty tight scoring affair. And I, I can't remember who won that second game. Was it? That was me. Was you? Okay. So yeah. you went two and oh, I did Look go at two you. and oh on the night. I bet you feel good about yourself. I wasn't being a braggart. I just, <laughs> 
I'm not a sore. I try not to be a sore winner, but in the inside, no, you're like, fine. In the inside, I hear like big band music going off. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, beans hear ska music when he rolls dice. I hear big band like parades <laughs> when I, the college when I football win a board game. game. Yeah, exactly. Like I see, you know, flipping Get cheerleaders. Tubas rolling, boys. Yeah, yeah. Get those kettle drums out. Ken just one red rising. Yeah, then there's a, a mascot in like a foam suit of just me, you know, like <laughs> so but yeah, that's all in my head. <laughs> let's let's just keep that there. But yeah. Uh, but- the last one go ahead. No, but just one more point about Red Rising. Like I had two helium or one helium the whole game. And I'm yeah. like, there's no saw- way I'm gonna win that. Like <laughs> But then, you know, when you tally up your cards, and then I was the highest on the, um, what is it, the Jupiter track? The fleet the, track. The fleet track. So, I was able to, because we were all pretty close on the hands, like the cards, you know, the, the scoring of the cards in your hand. Um, but then the fleet, I think I was just a little bit higher on the fleet than someone with the helium or someone with the um, institute track. Um, that was just, a, again, it was just a, a minor, a minor swing. Um, I think your hand scoring was good. If I remember correctly, I think you had the highest hand score. That yeah. usually is what wins you the game. Yeah. I think I was in the two hundreds for the hand score. Um, yeah. It's tough if you don't get good deals or the right cards get flipped. It's really tough. Yeah. To but, or, or, or like that wolf pack that got stolen. I wanted that wolf pack so hard. Yep. Uh, cause it was going to trigger hours. off my other thing. And like. It just kept getting buried, and then once it was unburied, it was gone immediately. And it's like, yeah, I I held so, it. <laughs> so mad, so yep. mad. But I, I was able to find other, you know, ways to make other things work. Which I think that's the beauty of that game is you don't get don't get attached to your cards. You you can have a plan, you can have a strategy, but sometimes don't get attached because you can. You might need to play a card to get a card and, and, and try to swing, you know, sort of swing for the fences because um, what you're holding may not be good enough. So you got to. What's funny to- about that is that the book follows that in plot a lot like that. Oh, really? Don't get attached. Swing for the. Yes. Like I'm <laughs> not even joking. It somehow it's somehow works so funny. out to be similar. And it's it's funny. Yeah, it is funny, but it plays. Kind of like the book reads in some respects. It's it's pretty nuts. So I'm glad we got that in again. Yeah, I like um, that game. I think it's a solid, fun game. Oh yeah, and it's quick. It's not terribly long. Um, for what you get, it's it's worth it. And like I think I got it on sale recently for thirty bucks. So like for your money, that's about as good as it gets. And again, Stonemeyer. So production value is great, and all that art's great. Everything about it's great. Great game. Uh, we finished the evening late. Yes. The reason we finished the evening late is because I wanted to teach you guys just one round of Vagrant Song because we're going to start Vagrant Song as a group with the board game group finally. And that devolved into everyone wanting to finish the whole first scenario. (laughs) And we wrapped up at 30 minutes past midnight. And I think Brad was falling asleep at the table almost. Uh, But we did it. We beat the first scenario and – got started so 
not going to dive into it too much because we were going to have plenty more to talk about as we get more time in Vagrant Song, but I'm interested to hear your initial thoughts from one playthrough so far. So, uh, just based on what you just said, I mean, we we're only going to set up our set up the board, pick our characters, and just go through the mechanics of how it, what does a turn look like, and this game has very simple uh, entry level mechanics. And it's because of that, that you can really get some fast fun turns. And the, the, the way this whole, um, you, you know, the economy of your chips that you use to determine your actions versus the chips that you pull from the bag or that, um, that then, Tell us what happens in the story with the, with the, with the haunt or the haint that we're dealing with. It is just so smooth and, 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 and simple, but yet in its simplicity, you can see the, uh, minutiae and the intricacies of, of some of the strategic decisions that we're going to have to make moving forward. And, um, I know we've been hard on, narrative story games this year because we've had some rough rough patches with some of those types of games and this one i feel is almost redeeming this genre for me yeah Um, same here i've enjoyed and again we did the little just the intro story the first guy um i i loved the, the 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 token system in this game it's almost it, it almost sort of res- felt like a little bit like a chip theory kind of game, right? With those yeah. little tokens. Yep. Um, but, but weird, we know is a good company. We used, we both used to play Malifaux. Um, we know they have, they have the creative folks. They've got cool, unique things. And this game just fired on all cylinders for me. I didn't want to leave. I wanted to go right into. <laughs> Like, I'm ready to start, like, you know, because it becomes like a, um, it, it felt like Diablo-ish in a way where, like, you want to keep getting your guy geared out. You want to keep going through, clicking on the events, trying to do different tasks. You know, you want to, um, the, 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 those rituals that you're trying to accomplish. Like, it's just, it. And you're pulled into the story too. Like, the game doesn't. You're there have- immediately. Like you just show yeah. up on a train and then you're just like, Oh, okay. I get it. And you're off and it's and running. not like, yeah, it's not like the narrative's like, Oh, there's a monster in the town and there is a demon in the church. Like it's such a weird kind of strange yeah. theme that it's like, what, what is this? You're trying it's to figure this, out what it is. What world it's got are this you little thread in? of the little thread of humor and, 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 yeah. and doesn't take itself serious too serious. I guess I'll say where like, yep. you know, it needs like a voice actor. Right. This was, um, but I, I am, I am tickled with this game and I cannot wait to keep, keep playing it, uh, and seeing what my, uh, um, what, who did I pick? Uh, Th- Thistle Weasel, the, the bard, <laughs> you know, whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, whistling like, Joe. Yes. So I'm excited to try, keep, keep, um, you know, this, this first mission I was, um, uh, just sort of running around doing all the events because things fell off again thematically. A bumpy train, something suitcase fell, so it was like go check it out. And there was so much going on in the combat with the haint, and I was so far away. I was like, well, I might as well just keep doing this. 
you know, cause maybe I could find an item or something that's going to help us down the road. Um, cause you know, if you ever play an RPG, you know, you, you don't leave any stone unturned, or at least that's how I play them. I click on all the flower yeah. pots. I click on all the all desks. Same here. You know, I'm in the bookshelves looking at all the books. Like this, this sort of gives me that vibe and that style. And I am all in. I love it. I'm so excited. Thank you for buying cool. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping I can pick up the other, uh, expansion scenario at PAX this year um, because we'll probably not be done with it by then. Or maybe we will. I don't know. It's going to be October here and we'll probably move quickly, but we'll see. There's so much game here that's just going to take us a while, but hopefully... And it's kind of funny that we're playing sort of this spooky game during Halloween and fall and all (laughs) harvest time. Yeah, the timing worked out. Yeah, that's awesome. timing worked out. So we will have a lot more Vagrant Song to talk about in future episodes. We'll try not to drown too much time in it, but... uh, the praise it gets from us and others is kind yeah, of believe the hype. good believe the yeah. hype. It's, it's a good worth. indication that if you have not checked this game out and you're able to get a copy, it's very hard to get, but if you're able to get a copy, I would never hesitate. It is fantastic. All right. That's it for played with. That's a, that's a healthy list. And uh, uh, it's you've not got more vagrant song coming. Oh no, you've got more. I have oh, one right. game um, by Mr. Adamescu. But yes, by Mr. Adam or Adrian Mr. Adam, Adam Mr. <laughs> yes, uh, Adrian, because um, you you know as you'll hear in our interview, you you mentioned a game that you uh, purchased uh, on our I think it was our first packs what twenty seventeen. I, I didn't even let the poor guy say thanks for having me on. I just dove right into that game <laughs> because I was so excited to ask him about it, <laughs> and uh, I got to play it with your daughter. Uh, it's called Creatures and Cupcakes, and I I loved it. I thought it was so good. It was so, um, it was like a baby Quacks of Quedlinburg. And I'm I have not been a big fan of Quacks. <laughs> I've had my <laughs> ups and downs with Quacks, um, but but this game had some of the Quacks sort of mechanics to it. Uh, it felt very Quacksy, but but had that uniqueness of those 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 glitter cupcakes which gives you that little bit of take that um yeah those power cards are are key yeah and and uh you know then being able to get the potions to like help you out when you bust like it's not too unforgiving which again i think that's because maybe the the audience that's geared yeah. towards but i i i loved it i thought it was so cute and, and fun Obviously, your daughter smashed my face in with that game because um, <laughs> she's obviously a pro. And uh, but but I enjoyed the play. I thought the components were cool. Um, I mean, those meeples, uh, the, the 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 meeple quality was cool. The little cupcakes were cool. The artwork that was on the the power cards, like it was just a a good solid little fun experience in that little box. Um, the artwork has always reminded me of uh, Unstable Unicorn stuff. It, it yeah, so it similar. definitely has that vibe. Yeah. yeah. But this was but a, yeah. a PAX purchase the first year for me, looking for stuff for my kids. And uh, I've never seen anybody else say a word about it or even seen another <laughs> copy of it anywhere. But it was a big hit in this house with my daughter, and she still plays it to this day. So 
Um, and yeah, your, your, your description of quacks light or baby quacks is, is very apt. It's very much like that. So, uh, I was, of course I was very excited to ask Adrian about it because <laughs> it was just, uh, it's one of those games that I've had and didn't realize he designed until like, you know, maybe a couple months ago. I was like, Oh wow. And then I thought, Hey, maybe we should talk to him someday. And lo and behold, we got him on the show. So yeah. we got to talk to Adrian uh, earlier this past week about Sagrada Artisans, which is their upcoming Kickstarter, as well as Sagrada and the success it's had, Creatures and Cupcakes, and, and lots of other stuff about game design. So let's uh, let's take a, a couple minutes here, and we'll sit back. And by a couple, I mean about a half hour. And you guys can enjoy the dulcet tones of one Adrian Adamescu. We'll be right back. All right. So we are joined by Adrian Adamescu. Thank you, Adrian, for joining us uh, tonight to talk a little bit about uh, upcoming projects. I know that you've got a, a very big one in flight right now, uh, which we'll get to in a little bit. Ken and I are big fans of Sagrada. We talked a little bit before uh, you know, we started recording about our affinity for the game, both from a family perspective and also we just enjoy it. So we're going to have some questions about that and I just want to lead off with a, a really quick one for you. Uh, creatures yeah, and cupcakes. for having me. <laughs> oh, yeah. No problem. I'm glad yeah. you could join us. Creatures and cupcakes is my my guilty question. Uh, I was at PAX Unplugged. I think it was the first PAX Unplugged. And I was looking for games for the kids. And I found creatures and cupcakes like on a whim. And I, okay. I was like, this theme is so cute. I, I have to get it for my daughter, who was very young at the time. That game yeah. has been played like dozens and dozens of times. I don't know what it is wow. about Creatures and Cupcakes. I am happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's one of those games that didn't have a big print run, so uh, yeah. not a lot of people know about it. Yeah, but I have awesome. a copy. It gets played quite often. That's still like one of her favorite. The theme, for some reason, and the, the components themselves, it, and it's just how simple it is. I just wanted – I know it's kind of a, an a odd question, but like – how did you get started coming up with like a, a children's game like that? Yeah. And actually the theme wasn't really our, um, our doing because it was when, when we started working on it, it was actually a sports uh, kind of a race okay. uh, theme. So um, we thought that, that was a good idea for a race game, but it was a light game. So I think the publishers decided that this theme would fit it better. Uh, so, yeah, the game, the mechanics were there. Everything was there. But uh, the the publisher really, you know, did a great job with the, the theme, the cuteness of it and those animals and cupcakes. And because for us, it was just a push-your-like kind of race and you're trying to get to... Um, your racers uh, as quickly as possible. So, yeah, uh, sometimes you know publishers uh, and designers work together, and that's that's the how the process is. The theme changes over time. So, cool. Yeah, it, it worked out for this one because, like oh, I yeah. said, I haven't seen a ton of people talk about that game, but for for kids, the, it was just perfect. And oh, and it's, it's awesome. Like I love, I love the change in theme because I play it with my kids too, and they've introduced. They took it to school several times, and <laughs> um, that's yeah, cool. So, yeah, yeah, that's gonna be an awesome show and tell project. 
Oh, my dad designed this board game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I unfortunately I don't get to see it, so I, I don't know what they're saying. <laughs> I'm sure it's positive reviews, right? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's actually interesting. I mean I mean, uh, you know, as, as, as we got into this and again, you know, talking about, you know, sort of the show and tell and, you know, you know, kids saying, oh, that, you know, my dad's a, a board game designer. How did you actually get into, you know, designing board games and card games and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, that's that's a very interesting story. Um, I can't say I was into board games a lot uh, before I got married, but it was mostly after. I got married. I, I used to be like in the chess team. I used to love chess uh, in high school. Um, so th- there's that kind of the board game world. But uh, I only got into board games uh, when I got married. And that's because we were looking for a hobby, uh, something to do together. And especially when our first daughter was born, um, we weren't as... Uh, free to go out at night and uh, to see a movie or we we had to stay in the house so uh we really started you know buying more and more games and we got into uh gaming and then one evening i looked at the back cover of a game and it had it had the biography of the game designer uh and then i was thinking wow you know what what if i try to design a game and i asked my wife what the theme should be uh and she said the architecture because she's uh an, an interior architect uh, so um i tried really hard to make a game and i think it was mostly to kind of uh impress her <laughs> uh that i started uh making that game um and that game turned out to be speakeasy blues uh which uh, got published way, way later down the road. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting just because uh, you never think about, we weren't huge gamers at the time either. So you don't think about uh, designers, you know, when you just get into the hobby. But that that biography at the back of the game just got me thinking. And yeah, there really must be a mind behind behind the game because you think you know it's a you know it's a publisher it's a company that creates it but i never thought about there being you know a person behind uh behind that so that that's how it got started so i mean that that's interesting i mean if you even think about board games you know years back i mean they didn't even have their names on the on the covers either right 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 yeah it's almost uh, a piece of the marketing or it's a piece of the sell is sort of, you know, uh, someone's game, right? This is, mm-hmm. you know, this designer just did this new one or this right, right. You know, is coming out from this designer. It's, it almost helps sort of sell the product now, as opposed to where it was almost in the background, you know, decades exactly, ago. Exactly. Yeah. We were talking about Phil Walker Harding before the start of the show. And now everything yeah. that yeah. he puts out, I'm like, Ooh, well, what's this? So for sure. Uh, yeah. So Phil's a good example of, of a designer and, and we've talked with some others that I feel like they do way more creating than playing. Um, and I don't know if this is common for every designer. So I always like to ask this question, 
in terms of like getting to sit down and play games versus getting to sit down and actually build games or work on concepts that you have, what's the mm-hmm. balance like for you? Yeah, I think you have to play. I, that's where you get inspiration from. Um, but also, I have four kids, so uh, we <laughs> we play. That's good. We play. Yeah, we play quite a bit. And I really actually started to appreciate games that play at the five player and six player uh, player count. Because uh, you know, I never thought about them before, you know, and when it was just me and my wife, we just collected all these two player games, especially those Uwe Rosenberg quick two player games, you know, they can play in half an hour, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. Um, but now that my kids are a bit older, uh, you know, we want to bring games to the table that, uh, we, we can all play. It's great to watch them all, you know, make choices and, uh, um, yeah. yeah, but, uh, the balance there is, there is a balance there. I, I mean, it's, it's sort of, you know, when, uh, when it's summer, we have more free time, uh, on our hands. So. We, we get to play a lot more. And then during the fall season, I started, you know, designing more now than playing. So uh, I need to take a break sometime soon and get more into the, into the playing part. It's, it's tough too to find a lot of, depending on the age range of the kids, a lot of like really solid five, six player games that hold their attention for a while too. Um, That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that always felt like a, an area of opportunity for designers. So I don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe that's the next yeah. avenue to go down. But it's tough it's, at that player. Account. It is tough. It is it's tough to design family games that can play in 30 minutes and it's six players. Yeah. 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 Yes, absolutely. So do uh, do you enjoy having almost your own play testing audience at home or <laughs> do they not? Yeah. Play, uh, I mean, it's it's good. It's good for some games, but we work on games that are heavy sometimes, and then you know you can't test them with the kids. Um, my wife is kind of my first uh, go-to uh, before I even show concepts to Daryl or other co-designers that I work with. Um, but um, Daryl, being the, the co-designer of Sagrada, and we've done a lot of other games together. Uh, so she, she, if she, if it pass, passes the wife test, then then I show it to others. Um, it's funny how that works uh, out with a lot of yeah, things, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, funny story too. Uh, so the 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 first idea of Sagrada didn't pass the wife test. <laughs> so man, I, I'm glad I'm glad I still kept going with the idea before yeah. before so showing it further. Yes, because my wife. <laughs> yeah so what what uh what hits the table the most in your household that that are not uh adrian games uh it's mostly not adrian games i I think after (laughs) i designed them uh, you know you you need to take a break (laughs) yeah for sure so for a while um of course sagrada and creatures and cupcakes uh, makes makes it to the table but other games are a bit more uh heavy and uh take longer to play so they're my kids are just not there yet uh but other than that like i said that we love phil walker harding so it's like my son loves him hotep uh my daughters love um uh, sushi go um we just played sushi go with some uh neighbors as well um just last week so 
you know, games like that, um, I'm thinking with games like Dixit, uh, they like uh, Baron Park. That's another Phil Walker Harding. So, yeah, yeah. he shows up a, a lot. A lot of those. Yeah, he, the, I mean, yeah, our our collection has a lot of his games. So Yeah, we commented uh, when we spoke with him about accessibility and he just, he nails it for some reason. He's very good at that. And that seems to be a tough thing to pull off in a lot of cases. So it's, it's a cool skill to see uh, translated into so many different games. And I think that's one of the things about Sagrada that we, you know, all tend to love is it's just very accessible up, up front. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough to do something that has enough meat on the bones uh, to keep the parents or adults engaged and also uh, get the kids playing. So, yeah, cause uh, you know, kids games tend to be a bit boring for the adults. I mean, I play them with the kids, but they're not my favorite. So, yeah. But yeah, something like Baron Park or Imhotep, yeah, I'm all in. Like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, we we've been recently introducing Imhotep to some friends, and and it's I'm I'm sad that I haven't been playing it longer. Right, like just how yeah. good Imhotep is. Right, the, yeah, the yeah, it's awesome. Oh, it's just the the turn angle. What to pick? Just the yeah. three, just the three simple choices, but yeah. it can lead to such great <laughs> gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's like, do, do you? Do, I mean, we were joking, right? Do you take the chance by putting the cubes on the boat that, that those go out, or do you? Yeah, or send the boat. <laughs> yeah, or, <laughs> or should you just send it. the boat and mess them up, or or get three cubes? Like, oh, just yeah. the choices. I love it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um. So with your latest sort of uh, chapter in, in the Sagrada universe, uh, uh, Artisans, uh, yeah. how how did you come up with the concept for I – know, I know it was supposed to potentially come out last year when we sort of first heard about it. And it was just sort of Sagrada Legacy, Sagrada Legacy. Yeah. And, you know, again, it was a talk here in the house. We're like, how is this going to be a legacy game? You know, and obviously somebody <laughs> – you know, yeah. the, the videos have come out and some of the reviewers and, and obviously the campaign is in, in full force. Uh, yeah. how, how did, where did this concept come from? Um, well, it, it, it started uh, way, way back, even before Sagrada was born. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a mathy. I, I have a math degree. And um, in, um, in class, I, I took a, a third year course, a mathematics course, where we learned about the color theorems and the professor proved them. And I, I just love those ideas. So the color theorem says that you can color uh, like a region, a map with different regions. Um, and you don't have to use more than four colors. So um, you can color any map that you can think of and never use more than four colors. And um, that's the four color theorem. We had to prove the five and six color theorems in that math course. So wh when I started designing, I remembered that theorem from math class. And I said, I wonder if I can do that with dice. And I drove straight to like our local friendly neighborhood uh, games shop and uh, bought a hundred dice and tried it out, and that's that's how Sagrada was born. 
but Sagrada is with dice, so Sagrada Artisans is with coloring. So it kind of it brings it full circle uh, because it's the four or five color theorem, and now it's actually about coloring. So, and um, we're thankful that Sagrada has such a huge success. And we were thinking about how we can expand, um, you know, the brand. Um, and this was kind of, you know, kind of the next logical step. There's there's other ideas we have in mind uh, as well. But um, this was, you know, like as soon as we mentioned it to the publisher, like, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is, you know, it, I mean... Originally, it was like, maybe we should have just like a role in color, you know, but when when he heard, you know, uh, a legacy, oh, yeah, that's that's what I want. So we started working on that and it it took quite a long time. It's probably the biggest project I've ever worked on. Um, and I have uh, never, ever played a legacy game. So I I did mostly that part of the the game where uh you know that has to do with the the scoring and the windows and so on and i let daryl kind of deal with all the envelopes opening those you know all the surprises all the secrets because yeah all the secrets yeah uh and then of course we we brought it all together and tested and so on but um yeah so sagrada legacy sagrada artisans was actually my first legacy experience too so that's that's something so you, you, you kind of mentioned like uh, the evolution of the Sagrada line and we're kind of here now with, you know, the Kickstarter for, for artisans wrapping up mm-hmm. what what's next for Sagrada is, is there going to be some, some additional, I know there's the last of the facades expansions coming out or you have plans in the pipeline to do more in that, that vein, or is this going to kind of hit the back burner? Cause I know there's some, some other projects coming out next year, like Mistwind and, and, you know who knows yeah. what else yeah yeah um well there are ideas but nothing that has materialized yet like there's nothing like uh the legacy idea that is like yeah let's do that um so there are there are ideas and and i mean we have to see how well um uh sagrada artisans is received uh and how people like it because you know with with uh pandemic legacy there were several seasons you know so if if this ends up becoming you know something big then we might if if this is what people like then we'll we'll just go in the direction that people like um so we'll we'll have to kind of wait and see how it's doing and how it's received but uh there are there are definitely ideas and we 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 have told those ideas to the publisher and but we'll we'll see yes, we'll see Floodgate. what, what comes of them Floodgate's going to back off the sagrada train anytime yeah right? yeah no uh, but uh, as far as the as far as the cuz you mentioned the expansions so yeah. uh, the 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 glory expansion is the last in the pipeline yeah uh so there's nothing expansion wise yet um, there's no plans for that, but I mean, it, it may change if ideas pop into our head and who, who knows? Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where that goes, but 
but that kind of and plus we were busy working on artisans for the last couple of years so yeah i would imagine well yeah yeah, i mean that's i mean i'm just and again now granted obviously i don't have a copy I've i've not played it you know uh you know i'm sort of you know backing assuming it's going to be amazing and uh mm. but but in that in that vein you know sort of in the you know almost that adult coloring book type style i mean there, there's no telling like why you couldn't just you know sort of add you know additional booklets or right because it's booklet based if i'm not mistaken right yeah there is there is a book yeah yeah so um, it's like that you color and yeah like extra like like different books coming out or or you know and then you, you know Maybe you yeah, guys- it, the game is much more than just just that book uh, and the coloring aspect. So um, maybe there will be like a lighter role in color uh, that you can just play um, if if people enjoy this and if it's um, if it's something that people like. Uh, but again, we'll have to wait and see. So I've, I've been looking to at. at um at missed win and just kind of wondering too, like you dive outside of the Sagrada sort of intellectual property, that, that train of thought and, and move into something else is a lot of the theming that goes into the games that you work on sort of predetermined, or do you have a big influence on it just based off some, you know, designs that you've worked on with Daryl or yourself over the years? Um, yeah, that's, that's it. Depends so much on the publisher. I would say uh, it's maybe half uh, half of the games that were published are our ideas, as in the theme, uh, like Sagrada was, for example. Um, but the other half of the games were either hired to uh, create something that the publisher already knows that they want and that they they can sell uh and uh or the theme kind of changes uh like in the case of creatures and cupcakes you know it was a more of a sports theme and now it's more of a cute attract the 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 little creatures with uh, cupcakes um so it's it's about half and half so maybe half the games out there are the theme that we originally uh, started the game as. And then uh, in the case of Mistwind, it's um, uh, the publisher is actually the artist as well. So he had this world uh, of flying whales. It's very uh, unique. (laughs) Very, very unique. Yeah. And we loved that, that theme. And we we took a game that was returned to us. It was signed and returned to us, and uh, we turned it into into this into into this world. Because it, it uh, Mistwind, so the mechanics of that was one of my favorite games that we've worked on together. So I'm happy that now it's with a beautiful theme as well, and um, the art the art seems to be I've, I've seen some some art further down so uh just today actually i received some uh um some art from the game that i'm gonna have to put into tabletop simulator uh, and test things out further but yeah i'm 
it's just wow <laughs> it's i love the direction so it's it's nice that a lot of people work together to to bring a game you know it's it's not just the designer it's the artist can influence the game the the publisher the playtesters many times give us ideas that um and i have even games i'm pitching right now i have two different themes sometimes for them i have two games right now that i'm pitching sometimes i pitch to a publisher this way sometimes i pitch it in the other theme just because i know they're more you know family friendly or if they like something with more you know action or yeah some so it depends on the publisher as well cool and that's that's sort of what's interesting about sort of the portfolio of games you've designed too is you've got obviously you've got your unique uh sort of you know to your point that you know the themes that you brought to the table but you've also designed a lot of sort of ip based or other intellectual property sort of themed games. right um yeah. i'm assuming those came sort of you know like yeah hey, here's this you know yeah. what do you think or yeah how, the, how far the... along were those or or did you have concepts that then people slapped the ips over top how did that all how's that process work Right. So, um, for example, we have a couple of games with Spin Master, uh, Sinister Six and Titanic. And those were IPs that the publisher had and wanted to uh, bring a game. And they're like, okay, can you do this in three months? And I go, we hope so. So, um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's one of those cases. with for example sinister six we already had a concept we were working on and it seemed seemed to fit fit it perfectly but with things like titanic the ip was there and we at the beginning we actually wanted to turn it into a co-op uh co-op game but the publisher said no 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 we kind of want this and this and then you kind of uh have to think you know how how they want it as well so so how did you and Daryl become like this dynamic design duo? Um, normally you see like a designer work kind of alone on a lot of things, or sometimes you'll see a group, but I don't know if I know of too many dynamic duos like that. How did you guys get started together? Uh, well, I I began to design games and um, I entered a few contests and, you know, just to see how far I can get with my games and um i got to know uh somebody from the game artisans of canada through uh through these and um he told me hey do you know there's a a designer in your town that just signed his first game so like oh signed the first game in my town (laughs) Uh, yeah so that was competition huh yeah (laughs) no but i'm like I want to know more. And then I, I got to know him. Daryl's a very social and friendly person. And um, I started showing him my ideas and he started showing me his ideas. And um, there was a time where uh, he just quit. So he signed his uh, first uh, game and he just kind of quit his jobs and he said, I'm going to do this for a full year and see where it takes me. Just design. And 
um, there was a time where we could just meet for lunch for an hour or two. And we were meeting at a board game cafe and just uh, testing each other's stuff. And uh, the process of working together really, really speeds things up. So I loved, I loved, and I, I love co-designing because it brings two minds together and um, yeah. it makes it one plus one is greater than two. You know, that, that <laughs> idea that two, two minds coming together can bring something uh, better than, you know, two separate, two people working separately. Um, and I, it, it really, really worked for us. Uh, and also, uh, Daryl tends to be because he's very social. He goes to a lot of conventions, and uh, so he had that business side. Uh, you know, he he liked to go and show our games and so on. And I'm a bit more of an introvert. Um, I like things. You know, I'll, I'll I'll do the computer stuff. I'll print things out. I'll cut them up. I'll prepare the prototypes, and you go do your shows. And your um, <laughs> yeah, so it, it that really worked. Crowds. Yeah, that really worked together. You know, an introvert and an extrovert kind of getting together, and um, I I prepare everything for the shows and cut it up and things like that, and then he goes and meets the publishers and and does all that work. So it, it's it's worked out great. So we we're continuing and. That's cool. So does that mean we won't see you at any conventions uh, the remainder of this year? I've, year? I've done a couple of conventions, <laughs> but I it's so tough, uh, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Four leaving, kids. Yeah, four yeah. kids, and they're all young. <laughs> yeah, the oldest is 10. Yeah. So um, I hear you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a whole lot of expenses, too. And, yep. and Daryl's already there, so it's like, <laughs> yeah. You got your representation. You're good to go. Yeah, you're you're yeah, fine just you're hearing to, about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I'm, I hear the stories. Overkill? Pardon? So you're saying you're the overkill if you show up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there was a joke running, you know, uh, that Adrian doesn't really exist. You know, <laughs> it's just <laughs> a thing that they're all made up because I, I didn't really show up to any of the... And then publishers starting started to see me here and there, a couple of conventions, but or online on pitching things and things like ah, so he does exist. <laughs> you guys are never in the same place, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I want to give you some time, Adrian, to talk a little bit about Artisans and the Kickstarter that's you know wrapping up soon, as well as any other projects that you might want to you know plug or anything else that you're working on. So, have at it uh, for you know as long as you need. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on your show, first of all, and uh, it's great. It was fun, and yeah, Sagrada Artisans is an outpouring you know of our love of the game and um we kind of see this as the evolution um uh, of sagrada um so we hope uh, if you enjoy sagrada i mean this this has a lot of surprises and i i think it's one of those games where even if you've never played sagrada you can still get into it 
and uh, an expert will enjoy it and a newbie can enjoy it as well. And uh, yeah, I hope I hope you're uh, you're at least check out the project and maybe uh, do those coloring contests. You can even win it for free if you uh, if you do one of those uh, coloring contests and you get voted. So at least uh, check it out and see what it's all about. Yeah, I thought that was a cool promo. Um, yeah, Kickstarter as of tonight still has eight days to go. You've almost doubled your funding goal, so that's really cool to see. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, yeah. So it's definitely getting a lot of support. So yeah. that's awesome. Any other projects coming up that uh, you? Yeah, might I think Mistwind you mentioned yeah. I, that should be uh, coming to Kickstarter early next year. Okay, oh, so cool. I was going to ask. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that one too. It it received some Gen Con award I saw, so best of Gen Con award. Uh, awesome. So that's that's one of those those things uh that wow yeah so i hope i hope people will uh will enjoy it put it on their wish list and see where where that goes because the art is amazing like i said that's that's one of my favorite games mechanics wise that was kind of always one of my favorites um and now it's with a beautiful theme and people are beginning to uh to recognize it like even that Gen Con award was amazing to see. Yeah, I, I've been keeping an eye on it, so that's why I was curious if it was going to go to retail or if there was going to be a campaign yeah, for it. So it's good. good it's a hear. small publisher, so it, it's tough to have a big yeah. print run. Yeah, yeah, and go to yeah. They need they need the funds. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, crowdfunding has its its hits and its misses for the the hobby in general, but in cases like right. this, it's a hundred percent a positive. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, appreciate your time, Adrian. It was really a, a pleasure to talk to you. And, and, uh, I think you made Ken's day when you talked about additional things in the pipeline for Sagrada and mm-hmm. ideas that may yeah. be coming. Cause, uh, it'll yes, just make... there, are, there are quite a few, quite a few ideas. Awesome. Good, good, good. good. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll keep, uh, pitching them to the publisher and see what they say. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you need any playtesting help, you know where to go. <laughs> yeah. We have Phil Walker Harding on the hook for a summer camp expansion for Ken and now potentially some Sagrada expansions to help playtest. So who knows? <laughs> nice. <laughs> All, All right. right, Adrian. It was great talking Thank to you. you. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank and, you. Very uh, much. Take care. Thank you very much for having me. Cool. So that was Adrian Adamescu. Uh, thanks again to Adrian for joining us. It was a, a great discussion, and uh, I'm glad that uh, you know we got the chance to sit down with him and talk Sagrada. I know you backed Artisans, so you yes, want to just kind of talk a little more about it. <laughs> Spoiler alert, you know, for our back section, that's the only new game I have backed since uh, our last podcast. Um, I am. I, I'm so excited about it. Um, I know we got to talk a little bit prior to the interview starting um, about like how much Sagrada gets played in this house. Um, the third expansion is coming out for uh, the, the, the third facade. Um, so there's just enough there. And I honestly, we haven't even gotten through all the expansion stuff because base yeah, Sagrada so is so much fun and so good. You don't like, 
not not in a negative way, but you almost don't even need the expansions because of how good Sagrada is. And we're going to get about that. We're going to get into that here in a, in a moment. But um, but yeah, I am looking so forward to um, Sagrada Artisans. Uh, we, I think my. Um, We've done a couple legacy experiences with the, with the wives. I think this one is probably going to be one that maybe resonates a little bit more. I'm hoping. And I wrote it down, but we didn't get to talk to him was just like, and I didn't want to spoiler it, but like at the end, like I feel like that's one of the biggest things with legacy games is like that end scoring or that end puzzle. Just, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know if that, that that fruit is worth the squeeze in, in some legacy yes. games. And yeah, we've had I that. Was just, yeah, I was just nervous that Sagrada might do that, but it's. I think he's. I think this design team really gets that and, and is gonna um, really have a good fun experience with it. Um, you know, you heard he he loves Phil Walker Harding, and if you love Phil Walker Harding, I feel like you can't sort of ignore that part of it. Ignore that aspect. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah, no, I, I mean, agree. Legacy so. is tough. It's tough to have a gameplay experience that is engaging and intriguing over the course of six, seven, eight, nine, ten games. And then that payoff at the end is oftentimes so underwhelming that you sit there and go, huh, the actual play was more fun than the end, and the end was totally unfulfilling. So I don't know how they're going to do it. We'll find out as you wrap that campaign up. I'm really interested to see, to hear how that turns out at the end, but – yeah, it's it's a tough challenge for designers, and we'll see if Adrian and Daryl pulled it off because uh, it got you know almost two hundred percent funded. So it did uh, definitely hit their their goal. It's going to be a thing. Yes, so I'm congratulations excited. to you on your on your upcoming uh, artisanal <laughs> legacy experience, as it were. Uh, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Let's hop back in time to uh, twenty. 14 i believe or was it no it was 2017 this yes 2017 this yeah. came out the og sagrada which was a kickstarter campaign that i didn't back i wasn't really that hard in um in kickstarter back then but that's where it started was on kickstarter yeah and i'm glad that funded too because we own it and we've played a ton of it uh, Sagrada <laughs> yeah. is a dice placement game where you create stained glass windows and you put them on a board to create, uh, these, these cool patterns and you score based off how you place your dice and penalties for not placing correctly. There's particular rules you have to follow about placement. So it's uh, a bit of a dice rolling, dice drafting, sometimes a little bit of pattern or set collection, depending on the expansions you have. We're not going to review the expansions tonight, just the, the base game, but. Uh, this has been a huge hit for us. Uh, it's a pretty low weight game plays in like 45 minutes, half an hour. If you're good, um, you can play solo, there's solo modes, but I think it's, it's fantastic at two players. That's where we've played it the most. My son has been playing it since he was six. So he's been playing for about two years. Um, and if you think about it, like that low of an age bracket that can play it, grasp it, understand the concepts, and then to still be fun and entertaining for an adult, it definitely yep. speaks to the game. Quality design. Yeah, 100%. 
So what's happened in the review? We review games off uh, five categories, theme balance, fun, component quality, and replayability. We give it a final score somewhere between zero and five. And then we give it a, will it cause you to lose friends rating? I'm just going <laughs> to jump ahead and say, this game's not going to make you lose friends. Probably maybe a no, little this bit, is, we'll, we'll talk. This is a, this is another calming, relaxing experience. Yeah. Play. Yeah. Um, so I forget what, uh, was it meta was it meta we talked about that had that sort of vibe to it oh yeah yeah i, I would say this is on par with meadow and that sort of like yep. just serene gameplay type thing somehow even though you can hate draft dice it just it's you know doesn't do yeah but you're not thing. doing it necessarily intentionally right right just because you need to yeah because it might be um, the only dice you can pick without getting penalized, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and you don't mean to, but you just, that you're, you're, again, you're playing your solo game within the game. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, theme. Let's start with you. What did you have for theme for Sagrada? <laughs> and you know, theme is always a tough category for me. I but do. You I, say it every time. <laughs> I do say it every time. Um, but then I look at the other games and, um, you know what I think. So I, I went middle of the road with theme, uh, with a three. Um, I don't, it, again, it's not a deep, uh, thematic game in my opinion. Not that that's a bad thing. Um, but I love, you know, the little bit of theme that I get. I do sort of, you know, sort of get this, this, this like f- sort of crafting of 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 a stained glass window vibe based on the colorful dice um you know the utilizing of the tools and 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 some of the scoring mechanisms they have fancy names to them um so uh but but it's not a very heavy theme game it's it's pretty sort of um how do i put it just sort of it is what it is kind of game so that's why I went with sort of the middle of the road with a three. I went higher. I'm at a four. And the reason okay. is because you're I better can't at theme than see, I am. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm more generous, maybe. <laughs> I can't see this game working with any other theme than building stained glass windows. Like, if you think about what you're doing and you're rolling dice, like, yeah, you come up with dice placement games, but the color yeah. of this, of the dice here, the, the, pattern matching components to the game like this game i I can't envision it being anything else like i'm not sitting there thinking that i'm pouring liquid glass into a window you know mold or whatever but like i don't see the gameplay working without the theme and that to me speaks to strong theming in the game like they work together in a way that makes the overall product better and i just think I can't see Sagrada working with some other theme. I just don't see it being as successful without those candy colored dice and those beautiful tiles that you, you know, drop everything in to make this, you know, your player board is really well designed and stuff. It just, it resonates really well with the actual gameplay. And I, I gave it a four cause I just don't see it working any other way. Um, balance. I gave this a 4.5. I think Sagrada is extremely well balanced. I very rarely play games where, I get ahead or behind very far. I think it comes down to just very careful drafting, knowing uh, a little bit about kind of what die have been cast so far in terms of count, right? You don't always know if you're getting any red dice left in the last couple pulls, if they're already gone. 
So I think you just have to be careful when you play um, to watch for that. Otherwise, this game is just super, super, super balanced, even with the expansions. So I gave it a, a four and a half. Uh, I, I went slightly higher. I, I went with the full five. I feel wow. like this is a very uh, well-balanced game in a lot of aspects. I think it's it comes down to um, the age group of the people that can play it, as I mentioned earlier. Um, from a, from a conceptual standpoint, um, I think the tools, if used properly, um, are there for, for certain players that need them. Other players don't need them, which means you get to hold those extra points. Um, and other games sort of in this sort of style, um, they had balance, slight balance concerns. I don't, get a balance concern for Sagrada. I feel everyone's got a shot. When you sit down, you pick your board and you're off and running. There's, um, it, it, it's, it's based on you and how you, um, you know, sort of select and utilize what you have. Um, so I went with a five. It's fair. I can see that. How about, uh, how about fun? So fun was a tough one for me, and I had to go back and look at um, other games. To I I I I always look at other games, and I I like okay. So this is what I, I marked this one as. So how would I compare it against these? And off the off the bat, Sagrada is a fun game, no doubt. But I'm looking at it in comparison with the other games and I went with a 4.5. It's not quite some of the fives that I've played in the past or that we've played in the past. Um, but it's so close and it's in the categories of like wingspan and meadow. Like those games are right there with it. Um, where they're not like a play every time you get a chance, but if you do play them, you're not unhappy playing it you want to play it and you're like oh that was nice that was fun you know so that's why i went with the 4.5 i went with a four um i probably could go be persuaded for 4.5 i I think i've played this so much that i'm i'm not sagrated out but i'm close uh (laughs) i hear you but i haven't played it in a while too so maybe that would change if i if i got it to the table um there's just so much other stuff we play right now that it's hard to to justify pulling out unless my wife's like, let's play Sagrada, um, which never happens because she never asked me to play games usually because I'm always <laughs> the one asking her. Uh, but it's it's <laughs> oh, still dynamic. fun to me. Yeah, right. It's still fun to me. I still enjoy it. I love some of the expansion content that adds. And, and I don't have like, you know, the third facade's not out. I don't have that yet. I'm curious to see if that breathes some life into the game. But it's still a lot of fun to me. It's not the most fun game I own, but it's, it's, I'll never turn it down. Like I almost always enjoy playing it. So it's a solid four for me. Um, speaking of, of those little candy colored dice, the component quality of Sagrada, I think this is back in 2017, 18, whenever I bought this, this is one of those first games that I took out of the box when I was kind of really getting started in this hobby. And I took it out of the box, laid it out on tables like, Wow, like this is really nice. The dice are really nice. The inset dual layer cardboard uh stained glass windows are really nice. The card quality is nice. The box is not like 
everything about it is really, really nice. Um, there was nothing about the game I didn't like at the time, and I still feel the same way. So this is a 4.5 for me. I think they've always nailed the production and the expansions. I know we're not counting those in this review, so this doesn't affect my score at all, but I think they're following suit too. So I'm bodes well for artisans. I think they, they know what they're doing there. We are a hundred percent aligned on this. I also went with a 4.5. Um, I felt, uh, very much like yourself. Um, when you open this box, the colors and, and you can, you know, the, 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 those, um, those pearls that, uh, of, that you get when you, when you pick your, your window to do, um, that you then use those as, uh, the currency for um, tools, for the tools like that, that, that just is a, just a, such a good, nice weight to it. It's fun. You get to play with it while you're, you know, if you have any <laughs> during the game, it's fun. Um, the, the, the recessed boards, you, you don't flip dice. Dice do not move. Um, it's done very well. Again, the quality is there. Now I did go and then maybe it's unfair. Um, but my, uh, 4.5 is, um, and it, again, maybe it, it's it, like I'm saying, it may not be fair, but that insert could have been, um, I guess, uh, better <laughs> future. Yes. Better, but, but more future thinking in mind. Yeah. Um, knowing the expansions would come. I agree. Yes. Um, I struggle with that. I still have to keep an extra box, um, for, of stuff. It doesn't all fit in one box. Um, but, um, but again, and that's just that slight little ding, but maybe it, again, it was one of those things where this company maybe didn't know what they had on their hands and where it was. I don't think go. they did. Yeah. You know, I don't but, think they expected it to take off um, like, like it did. And I guess the insert is pretty good for base Sagrada. Um, yeah. So, 4.5. Last category is replayability. Well, I have that as a 5. And I have that as a 5 because uh, I think I've, you know, we were talking with Adrian. Um, I think I've played more games of Sagrada than just about any game in the collection. Or it's up there. It might be like top 3 on amount of games played. And, um... Like it, 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 it's up there, like with like a sushi go or, um, I'm trying to think of some of the other games that I've played a lot, but like, um, and especially because again, it's my wife's favorite game. My son likes it. Uh, the family that, you know, we, we get together with usually once a month or every other month. They love it. They'll, they'll play it. Um, so, and that's just again, still base. I really haven't even dabbled in the expansion stuff yet other than maybe, um, you know, using one of the other colors or, or, you know, one of the, the, the windows that slides in. Um, so I went with a five because I think there's still more game to play that I, that I haven't even tried yet. It, it, it's just in the base too. Yeah. I went with a four, I think, cause I've played it so much that I, I just, <laughs> again, it's one of those games someone asks to play, I'll never say no, but it's not one I pick up out of the shelf anymore. Um, I, I don't think I've worn it out, but I've just gotten to the point where there's, you know, it's, it was 2017. It's five years later and there's so many other games out there to compare this to and, and to draw my time, which is very limited as it is. And so I think, um, 
I could replay it for a long time, but I, I know for sure I've played enough times that I've gone through like everything in the base box pretty much and had okay. all kinds of scenarios. And I didn't factor in expansions to the review. If, if you tack, you know, tack that in, it probably bumps my score more towards a 4.5, but a four for me because I've just played it so much. And, and it is one of those games that's very, 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 very replayable. You can play it over and over and over and still enjoy it because it's so different every single time. So just out of pure replayability, it's at least a four and, and with expansions, it definitely goes up. So my, my final was a 4.2, which is fairly high for a lot of the stuff I review. This, this deserves that accolade to me. This is one of those games that is a lot like Phil Walker Harding's designs where it's so innately elegant and approachable and simple to play, but so full of potential strategic decisions and agonizing yeah. choices and scoring tightness that it's just a very, very solid design. So 4.2 is a, a very respectable score for an, a classic in our collection. Yeah, I was just a slightly bit higher with a 4.4. And going through the archives here, this ties Meadow, this ties uh, – and, and it ties Res Arcana. And ties looters. All good um, company. So, I mean, it's definitely amongst some of, you know, games that I, again, I've played a lot as well. Um, and, um, but I, I, again, I've always enjoyed it to your point. I've never wanted to be like, mm, I don't feel like playing Sagrada. It's yeah. Like, play I've never Sagrada? said that. I'm like, yep, let's go. You know, and sometimes you get a second one because you enjoy that first playthrough because you either haven't played it in a while or you're playing with someone new and they're like, can we do that again? And you're like, oh yeah, okay. Throw, throw the dice in the bag. Let's go. Yep. 30 minutes you're through and you've had fun yep. and you want to do it again. It's, and it's so different the next time you play. It's just a great game. So, uh, it won't make you lose friends. I can say I, that. I agree. I think we, yes. We talked yes. about that earlier. So we're going to, we're going to put a big no stamp on that. So even, even us. Uh, heathens that you know have hate at the table um, yes. <laughs> when it Dark comes to souls. competition um, we can't even make Sagrada a cutthroat nasty game <laughs> so um, yeah uh, you don't lose friends the key indicator here is that our wives still play it with us because that is true. just about everything else in the collection is off the table beyond a couple games at this point competitive wise yeah. co-op co-op yep. still goes a mile but Competitive Sagrada is one of the few that I can still get to the table and not hear. Uh, oh God! So good to hear. Or, good to hear. Oh, you're such a jerk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's still said, but whatever. Uh, big, big shout out and thank you to Adrian Adamescu for joining us. Yes. Really appreciate it, and hopefully we will have him back on after Sagrada Artisans is out for a little while and get some feedback there and hear what else is coming for Sagrada and some other games which we uh, we talked about in the interview. So. Yeah, maybe big thanks we'll get to Adrian. Uh, Mistwin help and Mistwin action. Yes, yes, I'm so, looking forward to that. That theme looks so we'll amazing. Uh, let's hop whales. into. Oh yeah, you can't go wrong with sky whales. Let's hop to backbot and close this baby out. Uh, I'll start because it's a short list. Didn't buy. Yeah, didn't didn't back anything, but I did buy Fantasy Realms because it was on sale. And uh, we just talked about Red Rising. Fantasy Realms is Red Rising's granddaddy. I figured I'd own the granddaddy and the daddy. And uh, <laughs> so that comes later this week. Excited to to try that. It's the uh, the first edition one. And I love the art for the first edition one. So I'm glad I got it. And that was it for me. I'm still behaving. 
Yes, I um, am also, um, I, I would say for me, behaving. I have only one game being backed, and that's Sagrada Artisans. I think I mentioned it. <laughs> I was back at 122 uh, to uh, to Adrian. Uh, I was trying to get a real low number, knowing that we were going <laughs> to meet with him and talk to him. But, uh, uh, and as far as a, um, a, a bot, I did not, um, make any purchases, uh, board game wise. Uh, Amazing. So, unless, unless you keep me honest, Ryan, did I tell you I bought something? No. I don't think nothing. I did. Nothing. It's um, amazing. Yeah. So preoccupied with sorting those calyxes. It's amazing what it does for you. Keeps the yes. Away. I actually, I uh, I did get to post some of the the calyx progress uh, up up if on you the Instagram out our for Instagram. People. Yeah, check it out. <laughs> Ken's finally joining the ranks of the sort the organized. And you had to purge yes. a little. So the two two good things there. Yes. Yeah. I I've got more cleaning to do, but um, um, but one thing I think we talked about um. Was it an was it our anticipated Kickstarters that were coming uh, a few episodes ago? Um, well, camp I got the shipping notification for Campaign Trail, so I am super excited to get that. So that should be here by the next episode, so we can talk about it. Um, I also got um, uh, my shipping verification uh, for a small expansion to D six, which was a. Very unique dungeon crawler. Um, so I'm excited to get that. That's been like two years in the making. So there's just, uh, again, a lot of the Kickstarters are coming in. I got Battlecrest, uh, was here, um, uh, which was my the latest button shy game that I backed. I'm looking forward to getting that to the table. Again, simple couple cards. Uh, RPG, I guess, is, is what that would be. I guess RPG Love in a wallet. Shy. Yeah, so I'm excited to try that out. But yeah, um, it's been a pretty, pretty easy going on the wallet. I didn't even take advantage of the buy one, get one 50% off on Target's website. Um, I had, and I had things in the cart, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't pull the trigger on them. Um, and I was even telling Ryan, I, I, I didn't purchase. Some games that I found in a store on clearance, which is usually my, my, uh, my kryptonite, that little yellow target clearance stickers like <laughs> kryptonite. Um, so, but I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Good. So. Hey, we got to keep the walls away. We got packs coming in December and it's, there's oh. good, you're going to smell smoke from seven states away. It's just going to be burning <laughs> a hole through our pockets. I cannot wait. Well, that is, that's going to do it for tonight. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. If you haven't already, check us out. And I mentioned Instagram at Play Games Lose Friends. Post a lot of pics up there, what we're getting to play, shelving, all kinds of stuff related to the hobby. So if you haven't checked that out, do so. You can visit us on the web at playgamesloosefriends.com. You can check us out on Twitter at PGLF Show. You can also email us at playgamesloosefriends at gmail.com. If you have questions about the show, comments, feedback, you want us to talk about a particular game, find out if we can get interviews with another uh, designer or publisher, anything you want to contact us about would be great. Also, please subscribe, like, and review us. The more positive reviews we get out there, the more the show gets circulated to the rest of the human race. And we would love to get more listeners, especially if we run more contests so we can give more cool stuff away. In the meantime, 
I hope everybody has a wonderful uh, week and keep playing games, everybody. Later.